This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season 11 entitled Winning the Mental Game, a title based off of our new book called Winning the Mental Game, the playbook for building championship mindsets. And happy book release day. (laughs) Today is April 11th, which means we are officially at the release date for the book in 2022. And so today we have a fun, different little episode for you with my friend and colleague, Edgar Cabello. Edgar, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my gosh. I've been so looking forward to this. Just so grateful that you asked. So, hey, it's, let's have some fun. Yeah. So here's going to be the structure. So y'all are yeah. used to diving deep in some mindset stuff, figuring out how to apply it. But we thought we'd do something a little bit special and a little bit different. Again, Edgar is one of our leadership development directors at Lippert. has been a close friend, a confidant, an encourager, a colleague, and actually hosts another podcast at Lippert called Built to Lead. If you haven't checked that out, please do so. And just does a phenomenal job of digging into some issues, asking great questions. And he actually approached me and said, what would you think about me interviewing you (laughs) on your podcast about the book? (laughs) And so I said, uh, sure, let's do it. And so that's what we're going to do to celebrate the release of this book and to talk a little bit more about how we got here, Mm -hmm. what the book is and God knows what other questions he's going to ask. So, um, Edgar, I'm I'm in a different place yeah. in this podcast than usual. So I know you have to relinquish a little control right now. I know. I'm handing the <laughs> reins over. And with that, I will uh, yeah. let you take us away as we dive into the episode. No, this is fun because, you know, like how often do you get to release your first book? I think it's once. So, like, today's a really great day, isn't it? It is. It's uh, it's really special. And yeah. it's, you know, my favorite number, 11, yep. which is why we're doing it on the 11th It's in the anyways. book. You'll know more as you dig into the content of the book. So I I really, what what I'm hoping to do today is, is to just talk more, not so much about the content. I mean, you, you do that a good bit and you're going to do that moving forward too, as you dig into the season, but we want to talk about the, the about part, the about the book, the about the author, like all the stuff that maybe might be relegated to behind the scenes or what have you. So that's really what I'd what I'd like to do here. So if you're cool with that, cool, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm hoping that that we can collectively learn a little bit more um, about Amber. Like we're very familiar with the work that you do, but like this is a whole different thing now. So I, I like the first thing that crossed my mind was I mean you spent you know, your professional life in the coaching consulting space, now with a a large company doing the work that you do, leading teams of people there to author, right? So coach, consultant, leader, 
now author. Like, I, I, first of all, what is, how does that feel when I say that? It, you like it? It feels strange, but I like it. I do like it. <laughs> my little self, my dream, my dream life would be a speaker and an author. Oh, look and at so, that! And here we are. And so here we are yeah. getting one of those titles. Uh, yeah, lined and up, the which book is fun. looks fantastic, by the way. But um, so, what's that like, though? Like, what's going on inside of your head as you're going through that progression of like how all of this is unfolding? Yeah, you know, I think what is is different about authoring. When you're speaking, it flows. It's conversational. Mm -hmm. You can make stuff up on the fly. Your sentences can be a little bit longer. You don't have to actually put periods in places. And so I think it was really interesting to be able to take things that I talk about and think about and apply on a daily basis and really consider how do you craft these into words in a structured way that people can consume it, but at the same time, still feels relational because, you know, to me, if things aren't pragmatic and practical and make sense, like we shouldn't be doing them. (laughs) Like, I just think, you know, Ralph Vernacchia, Dr. Ralph Vernacchia, he's a legend in the field of sports psychology. And he always said that good science makes good sense. Uh And so I think if things don't make good sense and we can't use them, then we shouldn't spend as much time on them. And so just um, sort of shifting gears a little bit and figuring out how to do that in a written form versus verbal form was, was a really fun challenge. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk about the challenge. So you, you you threw that word out there. I mean, I'm guessing it takes, I've never written a book before, so I'm guessing that it takes a totally different way of thinking, totally different set of disciplines, like speak to that. You know, I think the, I think the most interesting thing is like you read things over and over and over again to the point where you're like, this doesn't even make sense anymore. What am I writing about? Like, I feel like when I was doing yeah, my dissertation, the same thing is true. It's like, you come back every time you sit down at the table to write, it's like, what, what am I writing about again? Why is this important? Mm. And then when you get into, you know, over a hundred pages, now all of a sudden it's like, again, the order and the structure and making sure there's threads and things flowing. And I think that was one of the most interesting challenges, right? Is to like write a chapter, but then think about the chapter in the context of the whole book Mm -hmm. and how you keep things fresh, but also woven together coherently. And so that was a, that was a really fun challenge. I, I think just again, the size and the length and the further you get away from chapter one, the more you have to remember how chapter one fits into chapter seven or eight, et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I would imagine it's like what it must be like putting a film together. Like you're shooting this scene and that scene, but they're not necessarily in sequence. And so you're thinking about a number of different things at the time. So what, what about writer's block? Is that like a real thing? It wasn't because this is something that is so, like I, I didn't sit down and make up the book. You know, the book is based off of a a program that I created back in 2012 to work with high performers to really help them understand and lay a foundation in their mental game. So it's something that is very, very, I mean, this is, Edgar, this is like, a major part of my life's work. Yeah. And and so it wasn't really writer's block, it was more like writer's massaging, (laughs) if you will, to, to again, get it into a, a written form yeah. that could be cohesive for people. Yeah. And getting it out, right? In a in a in a different different manner. And so what you're saying then makes a lot of sense because the the title of the book again is Winning the Mental Game. The subtitle is The Playbook for Building Championship Mindset. So you had that like your whole sports performance angle on that. That's definitely the 
the delivery system here, yes? Absolutely, and like when we say playbook, it's literally a, a book of plays, <laughs> mental plays okay. that you can run, that yeah. you can run individually, that you can run collectively, sure. and meant to be applied given the situation and scenario you find yourself in. And so while it does have sort of the sport connotation, it's really for for any human being, okay. right? Because we all have a brain and I believe that we all need to learn how to use our brains in new and more applied <laughs> and consistent I've ways. I've said that a number of times in my life in a different context, <laughs> but I like it. It sounds better coming from you. Use your brain. Yeah, use your brain. And so it, it has that sports vibe, but the stories yeah. and the applications throughout it are from the locker room to the boardroom, right? So from the sports space to the business space and and really, quite frankly, for anybody in so any endeavor. talk about the stories a little bit more. So, and, that, and, and not the exact ones, but like you see transformative things in people's lives. And so there's this, this angle. I mean, your work is scientific, but there's an anecdotal piece that's always at work also. Like what what is that like? Because when you said... Something about, um, what was the quote you made reference to a moment ago about? Good science. Yeah, makes, makes good, good sense, sense, right? And I would say that when, I, as I've dug into the book, it seems to make good story too. It does because the human brain is all about humans and humans are a compilation of stories that we create, that we live that we rewrite. And so when we're thinking about how do we as humans show up to moments or to environments, that really comes from our brain. And so when we're able to interlace those things and able to understand where people are in their story and their life journey, and then infuse them with this new layer of insight and understanding, all of a sudden their story starts to shift a little bit right. and can become richer. And and so that's where, you know, each chapter is really organized in a way where it starts with a story of, of an individual and how they were wrestling with their mental game. And, and it sort of tees up the mental play and why that play is so important. And then it goes into some of the science, right? And then at the end of every chapter, we have championship mindset training. And, and these are really exercises that people can can do to train their brain, like they train their craft or their bodies, right? Because, you know, what we know is that the brain isn't a muscle in the scientific sense, but it functions like a muscle in the extent the parts of it that we use grow and get stronger. And so these exercises are really intended to be a workout yeah. for people's mental game wow. so that their story can become one that they feel like they can actually author yeah. versus- being authored. Is, is it fair to say? Yeah. Cause I've heard somebody wrote a book I was reading recently said somebody wrote fate is a lousy author. So, I mean, is part of the message here that people are actually more powerful than they give themselves mm. credit for? You already know that made me excited because <laughs> you know, our, I love Marion Williamson's quote. That's like our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Wow. And, and I truly, truly believe that. Mm. And so you know, absolutely, fate is not a great author, and but but we can be. And what I've seen with the individuals and teams that I've taken through this playbook over the last ten years now has been that when when people are more educated, equipped, and empowered around these foundational principles, yeah. they are able to take back the personal responsibility yeah. and accountability to their own lives, mm. to their own story, and really, that's 
that's what gets me excited about this. It, it sounds to me like just the, the whole playbook and the exercise, the mental workout and that idea, it's like it, it pointed towards mastery because we all, we all know really talented people, very gifted people that don't win the mental game. That, that's actually what got me into the field of sports psychology is I was a soccer player at Notre Dame and we were the number one ranked team in the country, right? And I was never really technically or tactically that good, but I just worked really hard uh -huh. and I was probably physically more fit and mentally tougher than anybody else. And so I just remember, you know, we were in the weight room one day and I'm watching some of our star players like look around and be like, okay, coach isn't watching. Yeah. I'm going to get eight reps instead of 10. And I was like, What? We're at Notre Dame. Yeah. Like I thought, I guess in my head, I thought when you get to college, everybody's going to want it as bad as you do. And and I was like, God, do you know how good you are right now? Like yeah. you're this good and you don't even work as hard as you could. And and then it was, it's funny, I went to corporate America and it was like the same thing. You know, there were, there were people that were so smart and so good at what they did, but you know, they cut corners or they weren't fully engaged or they had way too much fun, way too many nights of the week. And so it took them a while to get into the next day. And I was just like, man, yeah. like imagine if like people could really find a new level of sure. their life yeah. through their mental game. If and I'm even hearing from you just like the idea of stewarding the mm -hmm. gift you've been given. A hundred percent. Like, Man, how how blessed are we to have whatever it is that we have? Yeah. We're blessed to have it, and it's yeah. like, okay, now what are you going Take to do yeah. with what you have? Sure, grow and it. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter how much or how little; it just matters that you grow it. Yeah, and and that's again, you know, really, Edgar. Mm -hmm. My heart behind this book is that our world is in a is in a rough place, and it it breaks my Indeed. heart. Like in 2020, what broke my heart the most was the division that mm. I saw in our world. Like whether it was black or white or in the US, Republican or Democrat or, you know, wh whatever country you're in, different spectrums sure. of your political affiliation. And then COVID hit and it was like actual physical separation of human beings and then sort of mask or no mask. And all of it was division and separation and, and I, you know, it just, that, that breaks my heart. Mm. And part of the catalyst for, you know, writing this book now, because I've wanted to write it for a really long time. I've just been really busy, you know, and 2020 was like, Hey, there's nothing fun to do in the world. So why don't you just work more? <laughs> timing so, is great. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. Let's write a book. And, um, and so, you know, that, that's really my hope is that this book is a bridge because the human brain doesn't care what color your skin is, what your gender is, what your socioeconomic background is, what your political or religious affiliation sure. is. It just matters that you're human. And so if we can bring these understandings to the world, right, then maybe we'll have more courage to stand in these gaps yeah. of division yeah. and and be able to engage in more productive conversations around things that matter yeah. as human beings. And, and it seems like there, there's been a ton of stuff that's just been happening to us and, and which is tempting then to let fate do its work. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can certainly appreciate what you're what you're saying there. I, I love that. I, I guess there's a couple things, again, and not, not that we're going to really drill down into, into the content of the book, but there's a couple things that got my attention. One of them was on, on the play of confidence, because that's one of them, right? Yeah. Like you said something in there that was a little surprising to me. So as I've gotten familiar with the content and have read through, I'm hearing things for the very first time. I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> 
So, like, I was, at, like, so talk a little bit about that. Just don't give too much, okay? Because we wanted people to, you got to go out and get the book, right? The That's book. the idea. The so, but but just talk a little bit about that. It was very, very, very intriguing to me. Yeah, this whole notion that confidence is a choice. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. what struck yeah, you? I know you one. well enough to know which one probably sure. resonated. Or Confidence is a choice. And I think when we think that, we're like, well, well, no, it's not, because there's so many moments where I'm not feeling confident. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, Confidence is just a thought. And who controls your thoughts? You do. Yeah. Now, there's logical thoughts and there's illogical thoughts, mm -hmm. right? And so sometimes choosing confidence is not maybe the logical choice. And so that's the, the point of the chapter, right, is to help you understand, well, what actually goes into building a healthy, grounded sure. confidence yeah. so that in those moments when we step into them, yeah. That is a logical thought. I mean, how many times have you, have you as a leadership development coach worked with somebody and you hear all this fear and insecurity and like, you know, fear about what other people might think. And you're, you're sitting there looking at this person. You're like, whoa, yeah. you should be, you should be more confident than anybody. Absolutely. Look at what you've done. Look at how hard you work. Look at the team around you that believes in you. Look at some of your past decisions. How are you not confident right now? <laughs> and, and and ultimately it comes down to because they're not choosing confidence yeah. in that moment. They're choosing to think about yeah. other variables yeah, that sure. may or may not be even relevant to the situation at hand. Right. And so from my perspective, like it I, I I hate when I hear people say, like, oh, well, don't don't make him feel too good about himself, you know, he's yeah, gonna be yeah, walking yeah. around with a big head. Yeah. And like, yes, we we don't want people to be arrogant but we do want them to be confident. And here's the other thing, in today's world, like we're afraid for people to be confident. Like we want everybody to be so meek and like submissive that nobody steps in yeah. with like courage and conviction. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. And so, you know, I, excuse my language, but like I, I really care about this stuff. And I think people, I want people to be confident, right. to be courageous. Sure. And for that to be grounded in a depth of understanding of self and what they're bringing to the moment and why they need to show up in that moment. Yeah. And so to me, this is really important because our world's at a critical juncture right now in terms of how are we going to think about ourselves and our position in the world? And is it going to be one of confidence mm. and courage without arrogance, without being disrespectful? It's more difficult. Yeah. But it's possible. Absolutely, it is. And, and you know, so that's one of those. So I love when you get preachy, by the way. So, I, <laughs> so it's, it's one you. of those, it's one of those like slippery ones. Cause, like, you know, in my mind, right when I got to that part of the book, I'm, I'm thinking, like, yeah, confidence is a buildup of wins, right? It's, it's like this bank account that you accrue. But, and I know that's probably part of it, but when I, when you, really boiled it down to that idea and synthesized it to this choice. That's kind of what blew it. But then, but then I was like, yeah. And so I, I love, like what I'm really excited for people who get a hold of the book is the, to dig into something. Because I think some of this, what, what you have, I think all of what you have in here is absolutely game-changing for people. Again, it's not just a, a, a metaphor we're using because of your background in sports psych, but, but it really is like for the individual. Some of this stuff is life-changing. Yeah, you know, I firmly believe that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But I think then the question is, okay, well, how do we do that? And I was actually talking with a, a college coach the other day, and they were just saying, man, I've told my athletes all the time, be positive. 
be confident, let go of that mistake, next play. Yeah. But I've never taught them how to do that. And I've been coaching and she, you know, they said like, I've been coaching for 25 years and I've never, I've said all these things. I know it's the right thing, but I've never equipped my athletes on the how to do it. Right. They said, this is, this is the how, and it's a game changer. And that's why I'm so passionate about this because not because it's my stuff, but because I really believe that these can be the keys to help people renew their minds and therefore transform their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And and it makes me think of like a a number of ways that that we handle, you know, things like failure where we, you know, we just tell people, you just got to get up again. You know, you you just got, and there's some truth in that, like resilience and, and fortitude and all those kinds of things are very important, but you're going a little bit deeper than that. Like, so yeah, when you get up and you pull your bootstraps up, now do this, right? Right. And and I think that's the part a lot. Of, we live in this world of metaphors, and and so we 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 have the quip, and it gives us just enough to feel good about it. But now we're building foundational type of things that actually change the way that we think. Yeah, you know, I never really thought about this. So this might not come out coherent, but I just think about you know my my parents' generation and a little bit of my generation of. I mean, it was it was hey, suck it up be tough and move on. Right. And guess what they did. And they have been an amazing generate, like those generations, incredible, just grit and resilience. And so, but could never really articulate how Mm. to do that. Not much empathy towards that and not much guidance on how to do those things Mm -hmm. other than just do it and don't be weak. Yeah. Right. Which that's how I was raised and I love it. And I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But also when I went, when I was in grad school and I'm learning about all this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what my mom went meant when yeah. she said this, or this is how to do that. Or yeah, when my grandpa good. was, you know, he always used to tell me, we would just play football in the backyard. And if I touched the football, he'd always say, Am, if you can touch it, you can catch it. <laughs> and so dropping the football was not an option, you know? No. And so it was just so fun to be able to learn yeah. some of these things that I was taught yeah. over my life. Um, knowing that there's a whole bunch of people that maybe don't have nat- the natural resilience or grit based on their personality type or their life experiences to date. And so it's like a really good athlete that becomes a coach and can't really deconstruct Mm. what they did as an athlete to somebody else that needs to learn it. And so I feel like in some of this stuff, it's like the deconstruction of these quips that we've been told our whole lives to actually be able to teach it to people, regardless if you're naturally wired that way or not. And so I just think that this is really important for our world right now because the other side of that is, oh, well, everybody's feelings are are valid. Everything, you can stay feeling that way for as long as you want. You can sort of, and I don't agree with that either. Like we've got to keep moving. We've got to be growing. We've got to be taking steps so that we can lead ourselves well and be a positive influence in the world. I, I just think that, you know, just hearing you talk, and again, now I'm thinking even differently about the book while we're sitting here talking about it. And I'm like, this is probably a good parenting book. I mean, the type of thing where a parent could, like, because we tell our kids, like, stop crying or, you know, or grow up when they're teenagers, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and and all these different things. And, and it's just like, I actually, I love the idea of being able to help our children 
and the human beings that we raise in our homes, like give them tools to succeed and to grow. Totally. And we, and so Aaron and I don't have kids yet, but we've got some really awesome nieces and nephews. And we use this stuff <laughs> all the time. you like, I have my little niece, Kennedy. She is like a mini me and it's amazing, but she goes so hard in the paint <laughs> until she just wears herself out. Yeah. And like, she always winds up getting hurt because she just <laughs> doesn't really have, know how to year, use her gears yet. Yeah, it's yeah. just full fledged all yeah, the time. Yeah. And so, you know, invariably she winds up running into a wall or falling off of things and like, you know, and she has this like emotional meltdown and then it's like, we're breathing yeah. and we start like saying power statements or like quieting words, you mm. know, and you can just feel her little body get itself together, yeah. you know, or we, we were teaching them how to swim last summer. And so it's using some of these different concepts in teaching how to swim or teaching our other niece how to juggle, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. It, they're just really little simple things that we can incorporate into how we communicate, how we coach. Right. And uh, it's, it's fun to, fun to see that in yeah. their little lives. Because again, I think the other thing is it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, I teach the same stuff to the little guys as I do to my pros or my executives. Yeah. You just use a little bit different language or, you know, color more pictures or tell more stories. And it's, it's fun that way. I love it. You know, cause it, you know, I'm now I'm leafing through and you know, I just, I just leave past the confidence chapter and I'm like, who doesn't want their child to be confident, mm. you know? And, and who of us doesn't want, you know, don't want to be aware, like self-aware and aware of what's happening in our body and, and what's happening to ourselves mentally. Cause I, you know, I think that's the other piece too is, like we're actually taking back something that's been ours from the beginning. Mm. And and I think oftentimes we, we just, again, we've released control. Like that's just the way my life is, or that's just how I am, or that's just how I think. And that narrative, because it is, it's the story we tell ourselves is doing a great deal of harm or certainly not helping to the degree that it could. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, when you said that narrative what you're really talking about is the mindsets that we've built up in ourselves, right? Because what we know is that repeated thoughts build mindsets yeah. and, and stories are even more powerful because humans are wired to remember yeah. stories. And so if we're crafting a story about our life or our identity, and we just repeat that over and over, we're building mindsets, literally protein patterns that change the form and function of our brain. And so when we say the playbook for building championship mindsets, it's like championship narratives. Yeah, it's championship cool. belief patterns right. about who we are, our ability to manage a moment, to show up to a moment. Yeah. And so even back to the confidence thing of confidence is a choice. You can make the choice to be confident and still be uncertain. I think that's the other thing. We think in like these black and white yeah, sort of terms. Real concrete like, kind of. Yeah, if you're confident, that means you're not nervous. Sure. And that's not no, true. No, not That's not true. Right. And I think that that's, that's something that is- Or if we, you're confident, you won't fail. 100%. Right? <laughs> 100%. You can be confident and fail. Absolutely. I know a lot of confident guys that struck out. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because it happens. And, and then it's like, okay, then, then what? Right. And if your confidence is truly grounded- Yeah. It, your confidence isn't in the outcome. Your confidence is your ability to manage and handle the process. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this, that's what all of these plays together I've found in my work equip people to do. Yeah. Be confident in their ability to handle whatever actually comes at them, mm. good and bad. That's really good. And so it just, it creates a level of emotional stability in their lives that 
otherwise hasn't been there. Yeah. And so, and that's why, you know, I think each of these plays individually are really powerful, but man, when you get that foundation in there, I've seen so many, I've seen so many of my clients that they want to work on certain things. And I'm just like, trust me, let's get through the foundation and then we'll talk about those things. And 80% of the time we get through the foundation and they're like, Oh yeah, no, I can handle it. I can handle these things now, <laughs> right, right, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So it's really trusting that process. It's actually interesting. I've got a couple um, performance coaches on my team at Selkin Performance Group. And, you know, when they first come in and they first start learning the playbook to work with their, uh-huh. their clients, they're like, well, you know, we, we, I really think we should jump to play seven because, you know, this is where they are. And I'm like, trust me, Yeah. trust me. And so they get through it a couple times with clients and they're like, you just got to learn to trust this. But yeah. every time we go through it, it's like, this works. Yeah. The sequence of this works, the the layering of this works. And it is just, it's really cool. Cause you know, when you do something over and over and over again, sometimes you, it loses its own luster for you. Sure. And the same is true with me. I've been doing this, like I said, for 10 years. And so it's so, it's so invigorating when I have new performance coaches join the team and they find they're like, oh no, the sequence is right. Or new clients, when you take them through and you just see it again and it's like, trust the process yeah. because this can transform. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. So you gave us a bunch of stuff in terms of like why you did this, yeah. why it's important to you. It represents your life and your life work. And it's it can be used in numerous ways, mm-hmm. not just at the corporate level, not just on the ball field, not just in the locker room, but in people's homes and wherever wherever our lives might, might carry us. So Super excited about this. I wanted you to, like, before we wrap things up, I, I wanted you to speak to some of the cool endorsements that you got. Like, I, I was pretty impressed. Nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been just so blessed to be around incredible human beings, yeah. you know, and so many different avenues of life. And, you know, the, the ones that endorse the book have some pretty cool positions, mm-hmm. which is cool. But I'll, I'll tell you what, from the first team I worked with, which was an inner city boys basketball team out in Denver to this content has been applied um, in, through a nonprofit in South Africa. They were a, a ministry group and um, they couldn't really get into the public schools because they had to separate church and state, sure. obviously. And, um, and then they found the podcast and this content and were like, wait a second, we could take brain science into the public schools. And so they actually, we worked together to apply this content to, to inner city boys schools in South Africa. And man, I was getting videos of these little South African boys, some that were so shy, they could never speak in public. And they started learning to control their thoughts and build mindsets and choose confidence. And I would get these little videos of them saying hi and thank you. And I have a championship mindset. And, and so to me, like the endorsements on these are incredible and and they're those types of people because we recognize them and we say that means it's awesome. But at the same time, you know, the, the work itself is infused by people that matter in this world and that have been such fuel in my life. You know, I mean, shoot, this podcast, we're on season 11. <laughs> I've been doing this thing for five years. Yeesh. Like it's wow. a, it's a lonely, it's a lonely, I mean, I'm by myself recording a podcast usually. Yeah. And, and yet the stories I get from people from around the world yeah. on this stuff, keep me doing it because people need to know this. Right. And so 
let's talk about some of the awesome yeah, things yeah. that are on yeah. the, the I, front I noticed, and back. Covers. I noticed the one that shared the cover with you, Lou. Yeah, my guy, <laughs> Coach Lou Holtz. Um, he wrote the forward, and I'll tell you what. He's so funny. I have to share this story. When we, when I first started in sports psych, I, I knew that I wanted to work in the football space because I'm a business person and ROI, you got a lot of people on a football team. And if you can get the football team to be living and leading right, the impact that that can have outside oh, yeah. of it is huge. And so I just remember, you know, sharing with him what my vision was, what I wanted to do. And he was like, I, I'm not exactly sure what you're ever going to tell a football coach, but um, maybe you could be on TV or something sometime. But I, I mean, it sounds interesting, you know? And so he's just always been so real and raw with me. And yet um, at, at the same time has, has fostered my development. Yeah. Like I, I call him and ask him questions of how would you think about this? Or when preparing for different parts of a season, how, how would you lead your team? What were some of the, the mindsets that you knew were critical to success? And so, you know, he has been such a voice, wow. um, an encourager and a wisdom giver to me over, you know, navigating the college football space. It, it's been awesome yeah. and spent a couple couple winters up there. I'd go up and hang out on set with him at ESPN with him and Reese Davis and you know, a couple of those other guys. And that may awesome. have been where you met one of your other endorsements too, right? Well, uh, Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen yeah. and Mike Tirico's Mike Tirico, in here. Mike Tirico, <laughs> yeah. Mike Tirico is actually on the sidelines in Notre Dame football for the last several years. So I've I've been the mental performance coach for Notre Dame football over the last five seasons. And so Mike and I um, intersected on the sideline and, you know, just we would have amazing conversations and he'd ask what I did and how it worked and how we applied it. And then, you know, he started noticing some of our conversation points showing up in how individuals operated, how the team sort of functioned, how Coach Kelly was navigating things in, in new and nuanced ways. And, and then I would pick his brain. I mean, he's literally seen the best of the best yeah. from around the world. For sure. And he is one of the best of the best. The winningest. Well, well, the Mike Tirico, I mean, he's seen elite athletes around the world, but he himself is one of the best of the best. And so he has such Indeed. an interesting perspective because not only has he witnessed athletic greatness in so many different sports, but every time he steps on air, he's in, yeah. you know, in, in China at the Olympics, and then he's back for the Super Bowl. And then he's, I mean, and so his ability to get in his zone and, and be so rich and deep in his content and his expertise and how he shows up on air, regardless of how many hours of sleep he had, regardless of what time zone he was in just 12 hours earlier. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. And so to just be able to hear some of his stories and get his perspectives during our time together, again, over the last five years has been really fun. And so when I shared the book with him and and he said, I'd absolutely be willing wow. to, to write something for this because, you know, like he says, years of standing on the sidelines right. to be able to see the intersection of science and human application, something that he could appreciate on a lot of different levels. And so it was an honor to have him Absolutely. be a voice on what this. A, what a great collection of voices in here. And, and I almost got ahead of you there because I said the winningest, <laughs> I meant the winningest football coach in Notre Dame history. Yeah. Brian Kelly also gives you a, just a raving endorsement here too. So Yeah, so Coach Kelly and I, you know, we've been obviously incredibly close over the last five years during his time here at, at Notre Dame. And um, it was actually interesting. So, you know, the book was supposed to come out if you've been listening to this season, you've you've heard me say this. It was supposed to come out in this time of 2021, but 
being, you know, vice president of culture at Lippert and being with football and traveling every weekend. I mean, all you can do is all you can do. And I was literally doing all I could do. And, um, and so, you know, it, it was a year late, but everything's right on time yeah, to the course. point where the book got sent to the printers and all of a sudden we had a little shakeup in South Bend <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, Oh no, this is going to be out of date. Cause it says Brian Kelly, head coach at Notre Dame football. It's like, this is going to be outdated, outdated before it even gets released. And so, you know, I send an email off real quick to, um, to our publisher and they got in touch with the printer and it just, it was three days it had been there and it was going the next day. There's right on time. Then there's just in time. Yes, And and we are just in time. So we were able to like, whoop, pull it back, make a couple edits, change his title to the winning. Everything's current. Everything's current. It is up to date. And so, but again, just um, the partnership with him and his belief and under his his understanding of knowing how to create a comprehensive, integrated high performance program is then is remarkable. And then, you know, Beth Stiller, she's the CEO of Massage Envy. um, And I've, I've worked for Massage Envy in in multiple settings as a keynote speaker for their organization Um, as a breakout sort of facilitator for their organization over probably the last three or four years. So we've got so many Massage Envy franchisees around the country nice. that we've built a really good relationship with. And again, just her leadership as a as a comprehensive CEO of a, a large company like that, she's, she's just been an amazing mentor and friend um, oh. and colleague you know, over the years as well. Um, yeah. And then I got to shout out Dr. Rick McGuire. Um, my <laughs> I was advisor. waiting for that one. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> you know, he talk about somebody that has invested yeah. years into my development yeah. and um, being able to sit at his feet yeah. and glean wisdom of somebody who was a college track track and field coach for 27 years in the SEC, yeah. you know, started the started and ran the sports psych program at the University of Missouri for 37 years and then started the uh, sports psych program for USA Olympics track and field. He's a grandfather in the field of mm. sports psych. But again, he's applied it. Yeah, he's lived it sure. as a coach, as a professor, as a as an Olympian, yeah. as Olympic uh, partner. Yeah. And so just his mentorship and guidance has been, it's been critical in allowing this to come to life in meaningful ways. So just really grateful for for all those guys. And it's so cool just to see the support and, and like use the word honor, like how cool is it that, that these people have supported your work and now they're endorsing it and encouraging other people. And, you know, and, and, and I know, I know thousands of people who would also come alongside those voices at Lippert that would say, hey, we're so proud of you and proud of the work that you're doing. And, and, and we're seeing it too. Like, so I love that idea of not just being a, you're not just a scientist, you are, but you're a practitioner. So, you know, the idea of theory and practice and those things, and we're seeing it every day at Lippert right now too. Yeah. And it's really powerful. So Amber, we couldn't be any more excited. Today's release day. Holy Woo-hoo! smoke. Happening. And winning the medal game is officially out, right? So how can people get a hold of it? Yeah, so um, you can order on Amazon. We are doing a book buying power hour today from 11 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time. 
So if you could jump on Amazon and purchase this book, Winning the Mental Game, the playbook for building championship mindsets, uh, between <laughs> 11 a.m. and noon Eastern time, again, only today, April 11th, 2022, that would be super meaningful. Apparently, that's how you become a bestseller on Amazon. Yeah. So we're inviting all of you to join us Dig in it. that. <laughs> um, but you can get on Amazon. You can also get it on my website, www.selkingperformance.com. And um, it goes straight through our, our distributor and, and publisher to order it that way. And would love to... You know, would love to hear what you think. I also want to throw this out. I had this idea. This might be random, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. I had this awesome finance professor at Notre Dame, Carl Ackerman. Carl, if you're listening, you're the man. I appreciate you. <laughs> but he used to do this awesome thing where he wanted students to submit pictures of them with their finance book <laughs> in random places. Okay. So he's been teaching at Notre Dame for decades <laughs> and he's got pictures of a finance book of somebody in Egypt riding a camel oh, with their finance book. Somebody went skydiving with their finance book. I know book. where you're going with this. And so <laughs> I think this would be wicked fun if we incorporated this. And That's so great. I want to invite you that if you want to take your book wherever you're traveling to, whatever fun things you're doing, post a picture with you and your book of winning the mental game. Make sure you tag us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Champ Mindsets. Um, use the hashtag, hashtag winning the mental game. And let's just generate some really fun, cool <laughs> social media buzz around this. And we will pick a couple winners over the next couple months to send you something fun. So if you post you and yourself with your book, doing fun things. With a camel. With, no, uh, camel not required. Camel not required, but <laughs> okay. cool things required. Um, but post a picture with your book. Tag us at Champ Mindsets. Use the hashtag, hashtag winning the mental game. And uh, let's see if we can't create something fun and replicate some Carl Ackerman greatness um, around <laughs> this book. That's great. I love it. Amber, this has been fun. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Oh, Edgar. you bet. Like just, just being part of this has been just personally gratifying for me. But no, we're really proud of you. I could just say that for anybody that knows you and proud of the work that you're doing. And we see you in action every single day, but you're not, not taken for granted for certain. So anyways, congratulations on the release of your first book. Thank you. We'll be waiting for the second one real soon here. <laughs> maybe you. not this year, but <laughs> maybe but, not this year. Maybe not. But yeah. anyway, so congratulations and thanks for having me with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Edgar. And thank you all so much for tuning in today. Um, again, please feel free to reach out directly for keynote speaking, performance coaching. If you have any questions or applied applications of how you're using this stuff, my email is drselking at selkingperformance.com. And again, check out our website, www.selkingperformance.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. Thank you.